Hikaru Utada. Hikaru Utada is, is one of the biggest selling artists in Japan. Shared that they are non binary in 2021. So, Utada instead, an alternative option, one of that anybody of any gender or social standing could use. 
I love that song. Um, it's one of the songs that I play regularly when I was in college. Um, yeah, before I start, I would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which transmit people-powered radio. Always was and always will be Aboriginal land. I also would like to acknowledge our trans elders, past and present. Thank you for all the work you have done for us. So today we have um, a really special guest. Every guest is special for me. Anyway, but this is really, really special. She's one of my oldest friends here in Melbourne. Um, her name is Lily Chang. Lily Chang is a proud trans woman of colour, born and raised in Malaysia, Chinese descent, who migrated to Australia in the early 2000s. Lily is a trans advocate and a YouTuber since 2011, a show called TSG Chat, where she interviewed many local trans and gender diverse people and have also met international celebrities, trans people while filming for her channel. Lily have lived in many states in Australia, but she ended up coming back to Melbourne, a place she calls home now. Welcome to the show, Lily. Hello, everyone. All the <laughs> lovely people out there, all the lovely listeners for Coring the Air and 3CR people. That said, you list, you have tuned into Coring the Air at 3CR. But yeah, welcome, Lily. Is this the first time um, you at uh, 3CR radio station? That's right. Okay, so feeling a bit nervous? Um, at the moment, I am. <laughs> I didn't feel that, uh, but I started feeling nervous like 10 minutes ago. Yeah, yeah, but but this is part of your thing that you do. You're a YouTuber, so you do... Do, do, do you ever do live um, uh, channel as well instead of just pre-records? Mm, I do pre-record. I don't do live, but... Um, Though I'm very nervous um, all the time, even though when I'm doing my YouTube channel, right? Mm -mm. But uh, the butterfly, I believe it's a good thing. It is. It yeah. Is. I, it makes you feel human. Exactly. Yeah. So I feel the butterfly, but I'm never really afraid of it. Okay. So you know what? Uh, the reason I invited you to um, my show uh, tonight, because I want to talk about, you know, you have a lot of experiences like living in a lot of other states and career-wise as well. Let's start off um, with... Where is the first state that you recite when you come from Malaysia? Okay. Um, before I start, you know, I just want to say that, you know, I actually recovering from my cold or flu <laughs> or something, something. So but my, it's not contagious. <laughs> yeah, it's not contagious. <laughs> uh, but my throat is just quite irritated every now and then. So I will cough. So if anyone feel uncomfortable about that, I'm so sorry. Oh, thank you for letting the yeah. listeners know. I do have a handkerchief with me. <laughs> Just in case I need to call. <laughs> okay, so let's start. Um, where did you reside? At what age did you uh move to Australia and so, which states? So I'm born and raised in Malaysia. Um, around um to nineteen ninety four. Sorry, my memory just lost again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is my problem. Okay, when I have to talk about the old timings, you know, sometimes my brain just really froggy a bit. <laughs> so about nineteen ninety four December, I come to Australia study my high school year eleven. Okay, and I went to Perth. WA, that is the first place that I landed in Australia. Okay, so why didn't you go high school in Malaysia? I thought it was a common thing. No, I did uh, went to the high school in Malaysia, but due to my English is not as good, so I decided to go one year lower. <laughs> so I'm supposed to can go to year 12 straight away, mm -hmm. but I said that, you know, I just don't feel confident, so I want to do year 11. Okay, okay. So, um, so you came here uh, to have a better... Uh, 
uh, English lesson here. Mm-hmm. Is that what we're trying to say? Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. So I thought Malaysia and even like in Singapore, we have really good English classes. Um, you just well, want to get out, <laughs> get out from... No, because, you know, the classes is one class a day. You know, yeah, but so, there is like um, classes like uh, outside of school classes that you can take. Oh, okay. Um, no, no, no. Uh, well, not at least not in my situation. So at the time, you know, I refocus on Chinese because I'm a Chinese descent. So Chinese is my la- main language, and yeah. then uh, I focus on Mal- Bahasa. Yeah. Because Bahasa is the official language that we have in to Malaysia. be very good at it yes. to pass all the subject. Yeah. So when I tutoring, I will focus on Bahasa. Okay. So English will be. Like the third, you know, okay. thing why we consider. So uh, Bahasa is the uh, is the main language, and then followed for by your mother tongue mm-hmm. that is uh, Cantonese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then English will be a third language. Uh, no, Bahasa officially we need to be good at it. Yeah, so it's the main 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 language, main language officially. Yeah, yeah. But for my tongue language, uh, Chinese is the first language. Okay, so so you came to Australia, and you know you don't know anyone here. No, no one. In Perth, no one. All by myself, and I cry forty-five minutes for my uh, fly from Borneo to Brunei. Brunei, forty-five minutes non-stop crying. Wait, you've, you? Why from Malaysia? Is it Kuala Lumpur? No, uh, because at, back then the fly that I choose to come to Malaysia, I mean, come to Australia, WA is through Brunei, and then from Brunei fly to WA. My God, it's it's like going round and round. I know. Why? Why didn't you? But there's really old time ago. You know, I I come to Australia like nearly twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought you there's a even direct flight from Malaysia. Even like in Singapore, we have a direct flight. Mm, I don't know, but that the time. Well, at least you can the take the box decisions. that you've been to Brunei because <laughs> Brunei is not a place that we actually would say like, oh, I'm going to Brunei for holiday. No, yeah. because it's so restricted. That it's so, it's so religious. It's so Muslim. It is, it and is. there's it no is. clubs. The only alcohol that you can get is um, um, in the uh, US uh, camp. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can get alcohol there. But yeah, there's no alcohol. There's no clubs whatsoever. So nobody yeah. actually think about like, oh, let's go to Brunei and have yeah. a holiday. So at least you can tick the box that you've been to Brunei. Yes, <laughs> even if it's just in the airport. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about your transitioning, um, uh, early transitioning life. Like, um, how did you uh, end up, you know, thinking that you know that you're a woman and end up transitioning? Okay, so I'm um, always feel the feminine energy mm. since I'm really young age, you know. I can, I feel that probably like, uh, just when after my primary school, so like after 12 years old, I already can feel that, you know, and I have the feminine energy. And then I'm slowly discovering myself when I went to the boys' school. So I feel like I'm just a femme gay person at that time, Mm-mm. you know, and only until when I'm in, not WA, WA I start to do cross-dressing, but when I from WA moved to Sydney, that is... When I decided, you know, I want to do the transitions. Okay, so um, do you get any backlash when you were doing cross-dressing back then? I mean, um, 
because it's not really our culture in in Asia. We we are not exposed of cross dresses. You know, we have to literally have hormones and develop yourself as a feminine woman, trans woman, and then you are allowed to come out because it's not just the public gonna put you down. Your your own peers will put you down. That's why we haven't been exposed to cross dressing. So, what are your thoughts? I mean, do yeah. you get any backlash when you do did that in WA? Well, in okay, cross dressing. Well, I uh well. Let's talk about uh, cross-dressing in Malaysia first, yeah. and then we talk about WA, right? Yeah. So w- when in Malaysia, when I'm in the boys' school, I'm in the drama class. So so there's no woman, so I have to dress up as a woman. So okay. in that scenario, it's very really acceptable yeah. because they say there's no woman in the school, you know. So they need a so female character. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I don't get any problem with that, but outside the school, you know, when they know I'm a femme gay, you know, yeah, they will be like the famous four of this generation, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. So okay, so because um from my experience, like came coming to Australia, like I said, I've never been exposed to cross dresser before, so it was very foreign for me. Um, especially when my first experience at taxi club, we're we gonna get there yeah, as we talk yeah. about taxi club. But that was my first experience. I was like culture shock mm-hmm. because I've never ex- been exposed like that. I was like scared. Um, I don't know. It was just almost the word is culture shock. So um, so moving. But hold on, yeah. before we go any further, yeah. as I'm talking to you right now, I have these realizations, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like when me dressing up as a woman is never cross dressing. Yeah, it's just me wearing the clothes that I supposed to wear. Yeah, I think cross dresser have a different idea because they are heterosexual men. You yeah. know, whatever their preference is. When they're wearing the woman clothes, they that, feel excited. At, I think at that time of era, that was the terminology. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. But at, so this was, you know, I want to say that you know when I cross dressing, but literally, uh, I feel it's a really natural process. For me to yeah. wear the woman clothes, yeah. yeah, it's like me in school. Like I wear makeup, and I I don't really have a have a sack like backpack in school. I have a handbag. I still remember that Chantelle Thomas. It was so famous at the time. Yeah. So it was so heavy, but I still wear it as a handbag. But for you, you know, you will see that you know this is really natural. Natural, yes, yes. Yeah. It's not cross dressing, right? Yeah, it's yeah. not. Cro- I don't feel like it was cross dressing. So it's part yeah. of it's part of me. Yeah. Because cross dressing, I think it's a bit like um, fetishish. Fetish yeah. or a costume, you know, it wasn't costume for me because mm-hmm. that was my daily. Like I need to have blusher in school, mm-hmm. even though I get caught and mm-hmm. I have to erase it, and then I put back back on when I get into class. Yeah. And when you when you wearing this handbag, you wearing this clothes, you know, you feel good because yeah. you feel like I'm in my natural Element. zone. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But not like this because is I get my excited. Identity. Yes. Yeah. But not like you know like oh, I'm I'm wearing this stocking, you know, I feel um really excited. That's yeah. a very different feeling. Yeah, it's, it's I, I totally get you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally understand this. Because you know what, there is um people who cross dress is part of the fetishes. Mm-hmm. Um like wearing wearing stockings or wearing heels, putting on lipsticks, it just turn them on. It's yeah. not about sexual for us. It's just part of our identity. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so um uh, so you decided to move to Sydney. Why? What makes you decided to move to Sydney? So you know, uh, since the WA is a very boring town, you know, <laughs> as, after exploring for like for three years time, you know, um, it's time for a change. So I go to Sydney, you know, and then also further my study in fashion design. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I moved to Sydney, and then you know, after one year, I feel like you know this is the thing that I want to do. I rather to do it right now instead of like you know I do it when I'm older. So I might. You know, 
don't get to experience life yeah. when yeah. I'm young and beautiful, you yeah. know, and can so get that, all the tension. So is that when you start um, your full transition? Um, after a year when I moved to Sydney. Okay, so you start your hormone HRT in Sydney and... Um, and the rest is history. Yeah, the rest is history. And I'm really lucky, you know, at that time, I, I get to um, exploring myself in this nightclub. Yeah. It's called Taxi Club. Yes, let's talk about Taxi Club because it's well known. Before I even come to Australia, I really know about what Taxi Club all about. Not, not like all about. I know like it's a place where trans people goes there. It's like a safe space for them. You want to have a drink and um yeah so um when I moved here to Melbourne and then I took a trip uh to Sydney uh for a weekend I met a guy on adult matchmaker and he said he willing to take me to taxi club so I flew to ta- to Sydney and and um he brought me to taxi club. it's a bit of a culture shock because like I said I've never been exposed to cross-dressers there's this guy who like fully moustache wearing red lipsticks by in woman clothes I was like oh my god what what is this you know I was like a bit culture shock I'm just I was so scared I didn't talk much I was just like standing there holding my drinks and just observe so I want you to talk about your experiences of taxi club because I know a lot a lot of trans women feel safe being in taxi club yes taxi club is something really um, special for me I would call it home you know at mm. that time um, and also you know it's like have a 40 years history and which is um, there's no other club like that anymore which is such a shame you know because it's closed down due to money renting or whatever reason it is you know but when I went to taxi club at 2000 it's kind of clean up already, clean up version of it. So from what I know, you know, it used to be a jungle there, you know. What do you mean by jungle? Well, very underground people, very colorful people. You really mean like celebrities wild. as well? Well, celebrities, well, even though when they clean up, you know, Tom and Nicole went there. Okay. They said that, you know, Tom yeah, and Nicole yeah. went there. And there's one time I meet Jackie O, which yeah, is from yeah, the radio yeah, show. Yeah. And she's so pretty in real life, you know. I think I say something like, oh my God, you look so beautiful, you know. Yeah. So, because we're, use, we're using the woman bathroom, so I mm. saw her there. Um, yeah, it's a really famous place. Uh, and before that, it's a really wild place. So, a lot of people went there. And when it's cleaned up, you know, slowly it become very really trans-focused. Yeah. So, when it's trans focus you know uh, um, you can go there and exploring all these identities you know your fantasy yeah. yourself and then guys go there actually you know feel at ease as well yeah 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 they feel safe they feel safe yeah they, they feel they not don't feel like judged. yeah they're not being judged are, are we talking about like uh, cis straight men who dates trans women yes oh, yeah, yeah 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 so guys you know and then you know you uh, but there's also you know who uh, trans people or cross-dresser will go there with their girlfriends, mm. you know. So for me, you know, it's a very good lesson to see all type of people, even though, you know, as an Asian person at that very young age, I think we all being brainwashed by, you know, the conservative yeah. or heterosexual normalism, you know, yeah. like things have to be a certain way. So even though I'm a gay person mm-hmm. or trans, young trans person, right, at that time, I would still feel like shocking about this and yeah, that and yeah. that and this, yeah. you know, because that is not what I learned from the, you know, what they try to brainwash out all the time. You know what, um, now I understood what Taxi Club all about. It's about finding your gender identity, uh, self-expression. At that time, I, I don't know. I, I have no idea because you know what? We, I brought up to be very feminine, not to, not to 
tell people that I'm a trans woman. I have to be possible and be until I came here and then I start to explore my self-expression. And um, I love dressing out as queer. The, I'm like super queer now if I go out. But um, now yeah. I can understand. Just, just before you finish this, you know, I yeah. just said yes. Because um, like in Asia country, we when we bring up, you know, even though we are trans person, right? Yeah. Our grow up experience is very binary. Correct. It's very binary. Yeah. So that's why even though when I come mm. to... Perth, WA, when I see gay people, you like two muscular men and muscular yeah, men, you yeah, know, yeah. or two feminine gay yeah. and two feminine gay, I feel like, oh my God, what is going on, you know? I know, it's even like, um, like I said, like I could, I could, uh, jet, I, I could dress wherever I want. Now I understood what Taxi Club all about. You can dress as whoever you want. You Freedom. Freedom. So I totally understand now. At that time, I, I did not understand. Now. That's why I said I was a bit of a culture shock. And talking about, you know, being binary in Asian country, it's, um, I think it's a lot of, um, especially our, you know, trans elders, our older generation, even like some of our our generation still couldn't accept like there's non-binary. Yes. They, uh, they still stuck in the past and they do not want to accept the, uh, the changes. The, it's there. It was th- always there. It's just that we didn't have a label for it at the time. Mm-hmm. Now that we have a label, a category um, for it, and then you don't want to accept it. Yeah, I know this is really sad, you know, because sometimes I feel like, you know, changes is happening all the time. Mm. And then, you know, not only sometimes the conservative people or what we call the hetero people need to change their mind, you know, but even though in our own community, people have to change their mind as well. That's why, you know, people who don't change, you know, they will start to, start to against trans people, like the turf, you know. Of course. Yeah. Or people that maybe we know still finding it really hard, you know, to see the idea of non-binary. Mm, yeah. Mm. Because people, I think pe- just let people to be who they are. Yes, that's it. And choose their title instead of like, you know, have you to know go what, into the men and women, black and white situations. But the set part is in Asia is there's still there's no recognition of non-binary people because we I can still see some of my um generation still putting down on non-binary people like oh why she dressed like that why mm-hmm. she's dating another trans wo- woman why can't trans be lesbian yeah yeah I know I know it is quite toxic as well Very the binary toxic. the binary thinking is quite toxic as well especially sometimes you know I feel like in the trans community have this hierarchy mm. which is the more feminine you are the better you are correct yeah, yeah. but if you if you don't have your breast implant you yeah. don't have this and that you know you, you can't are be less trans. than a woman yeah exactly yes. so you know what it's, it's, not, it's not that anymore. The time has changed. Yeah. It's up to individual whether they want to take hormones or they want to have surgery. You know what? Some people can't even afford to buy hormones. Some can't afford to to have surgery. And then, you know what? And they shouldn't be eradicated. Yeah. And then they're not considered as trans person. No. Yeah. You, and some you, people you don't can't. want to have breast implants. Yeah. So, it's, you know. Maybe it's because of um health reason. There's a lot of reason mm-hmm. people don't want to take hormones or whatever, whatever reason is, but we still have to accept for who they are. Yeah. But I want to, are you listening, my generation? <laughs> but I want to tell everyone, you know, from, from, my, from my time of knowing Sasha, I know that, you know, she used to have more binary thinking and, you know, mm, as she, she is one of the best examples that how she actually learn mm. and then understand and willing to open up the new idea. Thank you so much because being an advocate as well, you know, I don't, I never see myself an advocate and, you know, it just fall on into me and then 
from from that onwards, you know what? I it was a blessing for me because I learned a lot and I I opened up my my doors for people I can accept for who they are. So and then it's hard for me to speak to some of my generation or even older generation where they can't have an acceptance. But you want people to accept who you are, then you can't accept the new generations you now. Know, like is, what's happening? That is hard, but at the same time, Sasha, you have to understand. Sometimes you have to let people be who they are. I know, but I you know. know what? Be who you are, but don't hate. Don't okay, hate. Exactly. Be exactly. kind. Don't hate. You've been listening to Querying the Air. Rainbow Yarning Workshop, initiative of the Victorian Aboriginal Child Care Agency. The Victorian Aboriginal Child Care Agency is extremely excited to present a series of free workshops running in October for LGBTQIA plus Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders people. The workshop aims to strengthen identity and connection to both the LGBTQIA plus community and cultural communities. A range of topics will be covered from living life as your authentic self to hearing about what services are available to you in the Melbourne area. So the dates will be Saturday, 1st of October, 15th of October and 29th of October 2022. Location for 1st October will be Collingwood Children's Farm, 18 St. Helen Street, Abbotsford. For 15th October, same address, Collingwood Children's Farm, 18 St. Helens Street, Abbotsford. And for the 29th October workshop will be Victorian Pride Centre that is in St. Kilda. Uh, like I said, education is key, so get on it. What do you think, uh, Lily? Yeah, absolutely. Education is the key and help you, you know, to learn about things. You know, I went to film school and during the time, you know, I learned about, you know, how to make a document, <laughs> how to make a PDF file, you know. Yes. 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 Uh, I still remember following mm -hmm. you um, doing um, your your studying. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about um, the blog that you had, um, TS Chit Chat. So I was one of her guests. Mm -hmm. um, to be honest, it was just, a f your f I still remember your first uh, your first filming was a cooking show. Cooking? You remember? Oh, yeah. We, uh, you we, mean we, the Subontuk? So wanted, yeah. yeah. So that was your first video. So where, what were you thinking when you start doing the film for uh, for the cooking and then end up being an advocate, um, uh, interviewing a lot of other trans and gender diverse people for your channel? Okay, first I want to talk about you know. So I I did a YouTube channel, uh, 2011, like end of 2011, and then at the moment the 
channel is kind of closed because I'm ready for my second coming. <laughs> okay. Yep. Um. So during that time, you know, um, I just saw a you. Someone just showed me a YouTube channel. I think she maybe the lady called Mac Junkie. She's a trans person, right? Then she do some uh video blog. And, and when I saw the video, I just feel like, oh my god, I can do better than this. I have all these friends. I can talk to all my friends. You know, just in my really naive way. You know, I just start to making video with my friend. And you probably is the second. No, you the third video. Maybe the second one is the eyelashes, and then you the third one. Yeah. And then we talked. I talked to Catalina, and then Savannah. You know, so we talking about the breast implant, and then slowly, you know, I just finding you know subject that I interested. So, um, and think that I can share with the audience because I always love to share. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the need to share, even though people want it or not. But you, you know? know, you start off, you know, like. Did you have a direction when you first start? No, that's why we have yeah. to close this channel down because we finally have a direction. We have a goal. We have an aim. Yeah, but you know? when you're doing TSA, there was a very long time. Yes. Uh, from 2011 to what? 2018? Uh, from 2011. Well, I, I, still, I still should have one more video coming out. Okay. <laughs> okay, so 2022. So I guess that's a... When you start off, it was a cooking show and then after that... um. When you start doing a few other videos, then you found your purpose of do doing this channel. Like, yeah, you have celebrities like yeah. from USA. Oh, you mean yes? Yeah, uh, but I don't want to talk channel. about him right now, though. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> we don't have to talk I'm because he's he's apparently he's really at the moment or what he's doing sometimes can be. Really, I know. transphobic himself. Can, can we actually uh what what's this? No name, no name, no name, no name, no name, no name. You know, yeah, no if name. If you want to know the name, message no. us on Instagram. Well, I, I used Facebook. to like to burn the bridge, but as I get older, I know. You know? I mean, like this is what I. This is what. I'm talking about about our older generation who do not accept changes and he's one of them mm. and the things that he said on um, social media is very hurtful yeah some of them yeah it's transphobic education is key darling mm -hmm. so read up like me I I uh, volunteered myself at Tilda uh, a film festival because I want to get to know more about the new generation of trans people the non-binary people and I'm glad I did because I learned a lot from them too yeah, yeah. but at the same time you know why we keep saying that you know uh, we can keep learning right but um, so as the young people can actually learn a lot from older people as well oh yeah of course yeah so because we got something to share you know why I mean like when we used to be young the older generation inspired us so I guess you know the younger ones Maybe we are their inspiration. We don't know. But you know what? The, the older you get, the younger one will get inspired. So yeah. I guess it's like a cycle. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely. is a cycle. So, okay. So let's moving on from your TS Chit Chat. Yes. Like you, so keep a lookout because uh, Lily Chang has a new channel coming up soon. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, let's talk Should about... Should I talk about the channel? <laughs> yeah. We, we, le, okay. We talk about channel. The ch but, okay. I'm happy to talk a little bit okay, about the about new channel. channel. Please. Yes. Yeah. So basically, you know, TS Chit Chat is me making the video, right? So I have different guests, like lots of my f good friend, Sasha, Catalina, come and join, you know. But at the time, you know, mostly you know the direction is come from me mm. and then everything try to be really you know noble you know underground you know <laughs> not really want to make money but not really want to make money it's really conflict about this you know okay so finally you know i feel like it's time to close the chapter we have 
we need a near new direction. Yeah. And then so I um, need something fresh. I need something fresh yeah. with a different perspective, point of view, and also try to entertain the people as well. So this time I'm planning to working with other people, mm-hmm. which is not only. Uh, the creation from one person point of view, but actually with three person point of view so far. Okay. Yeah. And then it will c- can contribute and do the sh- different type of shows. You know themselves with the idea as well. Mm-hmm. So not me just on the director chair. This time I'm actually working with them. Yeah. yeah. And then we will agree what work and what don't so work. So more of like a teamwork instead yeah. of. Just one person approve everything. It's a teamwork. Yeah, and at the moment we're also thinking about you know how we can not only entertain our audience, but how we can actually make money out from this, doing this, you know. Yeah, and maybe even selling merch. Ooh, with my face on it. <laughs> um, no, I don't want my face, my butt on it. <laughs> Who say you're on this channel? <laughs> my my butt on it. Why not? I think it's sellable. That's a selling point. <laughs> uh, but you know, um. And also, you know, if we can make money, yeah. excuse me, let me call first. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> if we can make money, we yeah. probably can also donate part of the money to other people as well. But this time, yeah, the way making money is like you know, okay, how many percentage have to go back to the company, and how many how many percentages share between the people, yeah, and how many how much money we can donate to different organization as well, yeah. If we make money, that's it. If we make money, of course, we want to help others as well. Absolutely. Because you know what? In especially in Asian culture, we believe about giving back. Mm-hmm. That's why Lily has been a first one of the first friend here in in Australia for me. She helped me to. She and one other friends who helped me about hormones, where to doctors to go. All the Asian restaurants, you have to go to Lily. She knows every places. She is also the per- only person who taught me how to take public transport because I always take taxis and Ubers. And she said, "Like, why are you wasting so much money?" She said, like, "I'm too scared to take public transport because I'm scared getting lost." She said, "That is the best part. If you get lost, then you learn." Mm. So that's from I actually got lost many times on my own, and I have to thank Lily for this because she's the one who helped me to learn to take public transport. Um, going to a lot of Asian food because at that time, you know, coming to Australia, I don't know a lot of places, especially with uh, Asian food. You know, you always crave for your home cooked food, and then Lily know all the places, and this is why I don't really have to go home because all the foods are here. Yes, because you know I love to share, but when, yeah. what what you're talking about that you know is because I feel like my growing up, you know, is I got taxi club, mm. so I always feel like you know never feel like really. I I'm discriminate right, but when mm. I'm in taxi club, I never being discriminated in the environment. Yeah, and also you know when I doing all my transition time, I also have a uh what I consider normal job, nine to five job. So I meet people, everyday people, all the time. So I do everything like everyone, you know. So I never feel feel like I'm have to shy away from anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this very really healthy way of. I have a healthy way of growing up. That's why you know I have a healthy attitude with many many things. Yeah, I that's I have to thank you. This is why we've been friends for so long because I always um remember the your kindness towards me when I don't know anything about uh Melbourne. And um yeah, thank you so much, Lily. It's okay. I yeah. just I just being busybody. That's all. <laughs> she shared a lot with uh her knowledge over here. Even though I moved here first before her because um she was from Sydney and then she she decided to move to Melbourne. But when she come to visit, she always take me out for 
for Indonesian food everywhere. She would take me like, "Yeah, what you want to eat? What do you feel like eating?" Till today is the same thing. So yeah, so I I like to thank you for that. And you know what, Lily, you you have lived a lot of places. Like you have to live in Sydney. So what makes you decide to? Move back Melbourne. to Melbourne, yeah. Mm. This is your second time back to Melbourne, isn't it? Yes, yeah. because a uh, few years ago, I have my midlife crisis, and I've been doing video for so long, still haven't made enough money, which is crazy, right? Because at that one time, I feel like don't want to make money, but and then like, oh my god, complaining not making money, you know. Mm-hmm. So I went to WA. Uh, for three years time doing a five four job, you know, and then after a while, you know, I feel like okay, it's time, you know, I I I heal because apparently when I study film in Swinburne, I've experienced some bully. Yeah, okay. Yeah, which is really hard, you know, because at the time I try to play the Mother Teresa, so when people bullying me, you know, I don't really like, you know, like stand up and slap yeah. their face. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, 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 so I really like just taking it, you know, and then after a while, you know, those things go into my head and really just depress me. Yeah, of course. I think uh, we all have uh, faced bullied we're being bullied yeah. um as, as a trans woman we're being bullied most of the time it's either by public or even our schoolmates um this needs to stop yeah this I'm... needs to stop because you have taken the toll especially with uh trans people who took their love because of being pressured being bullied so if you're listening you know you, you need to sit and think about putting yourself in that person's shoe if that person is different Think about it. Why are they yeah. different? It's not like they force themselves to be yeah. different. And yeah. for people who are being bullied, you know, you really have to find a different way of doing things. Sometimes yes. you just have to stand up to slap that person. Even though, you know, it sounds like violent, but sometimes that's what you have it, it to works. do. Sometimes you just have to find people who can help you, who can talk to you through. De- depends on your personality, mm. but just don't take it all in. This is what I, you know, I can my advice for them. Okay. So, you know... I've, what we're talking about you know I have bullying I have midlife crisis so I go to WA and then WA is a bit boring because I did make some really good friends but they all working at five for jobs so I don't see them often so when my lease is up you know I have to move again so I'm thinking maybe I go back to Melbourne yeah, okay. because at this time you know Melbourne the is the best right city in the world uh, the best livable city in the world and yeah, the best I think city so. yeah. versus Sydney better than Sydney <laughs> yeah better weather at least at least Melbourne is cold but Sydney is humid. Uh, no, I don't like Sydney. I don't think I'm going to go back to Sydney, even though I live in Sydney for nine years. You know what? I saw a TikTok. This Asian girl from Melbourne, um, she was talking about the analogy about um, Melbourne versus Sydney. She said, Sydney is like the big sister, a beautiful big sister, uh, because you have the harbour. Everything is beautiful. So Melbourne, you have to find your spot to find beautiful place. So that's why uh, we are best at coffees. We're best at um, fashion. We're best... At a lot of things because we have to we can't we can't rely on beauty all the time because yeah. because we need to have all this that's why Melbourne is the best city to live in. I know Melbourne is really nice, you know. Um, I think the eat, the food, you know, everything, mm. and it's still a bit cheaper than Sydney. Trans Family is a not-for-profit organization providing a peer support group for loved ones including parents, siblings, extended family, and friends of a trans and gender diverse person. Trans Family runs discussion groups in person and online. We offer a safe space to share your experiences, ask any questions regarding your situation, and provide peer support. 
We are especially keen to hear from loved ones in regional and rural Victoria. Donations to Trans Family are tax deductible. For more information, visit transfamily.org.au or look for us on Facebook. Trans Family is a 3CR supporter. So, sis, we were at the uh, Marshall Amini protest um, a couple of weeks ago. And I think it's a protest that needs to, to, to be done, even though, you know, a lot of the women in Iran are facing backlash with the, the authorities. And you know what? For me, I, when I go to a protest, I want to know what's the protest is all about. And I want to do some research about it. And at least I know that I'm protesting for a real victim here. So that's why I was there. And plus, my very good friend, Marsa Ismaili, was uh, there as well. And I want to support her. Um, I did actually did a recording with her um, this week. And um, she get to share her experiences being uh, bashed up in jail for not wearing hijab. So you were there as well with us. Um, can you tell us? Uh, Woman, uh, life, freedom. Woman, Woman life, life, freedom. Woman, life, freedom. Woman, life, freedom. That's it. You know what? Um. I'm so glad um, I asked you and you said yes. Um, and yeah, uh, Marsa was very, very thankful that the both of us was there to support her and her community. But you know what? It was very empowering. There's a lot of people. Yes. Yeah. Especially at the end, at the Parliament House. Where is all those people and come? And actually a lot of guys there as well. A lot of guys there to, to support. support. The woman. Yeah, there's a lot of um, Iranian communities and also um, allies was there too. So um, it's very inspiring. Um, I mean, empowering as well. Like to see the community come together, while it's not even happening in Australia, but we are we are doing this for Iran to show our support. Yeah, you know what? With me, I will fight for women's right till the day I die. You know why are we always keep still fighting for our right? What's up with men? This patriarchy, these people who wants to control women, like why toxic masculinity that's it i'm pretty sure there's going to be another uh rally i'm pretty sure they're doing it almost every week um the salam radio is a show after us i will update you with uh if there's another rally coming up um so i would like to play marissa uh recording um of her live experience in iran say her name masha amini say her name masha amini say her name masha amini you are a proud trans woman from Iran and you've been living here for a while now. And you know what's happening in Iran now is just devastating because, you know, the government wants to control women and abuse women. And unfortunately, one of the Iranian women, uh, Marshal uh, Amini, uh, passed away because of the abuse of the authorities. So I would like to, um, of what are your thoughts of what's happening at the moment? Hi, Sassi. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, in Iran, it's quite dictatorial government we're having, and then they always try to control everything in my country, especially the women. Yeah. And uh, they're kind of abusing religion to controlling people and always to bring it up because of, you know, religion. We got to do this, we got to do that. But it's not really about the religion, it's just about to controlling people. And unfortunately, like, few weeks ago, one girl, I've been experiencing the same thing, but it's not that harsh. And they catch her, she was coming from their family, 
to the capital city for holiday. She was in the public transport trains and uh, walking with his bro- her brother to the train station. And then the, and next to the train station is very usual, the police people waiting to catch the woman with like having a quite bad hijab. But I don't understand what is a bad hijab and then good hijab for them. And they catched her and then the brother tried to he tried to get her above the situation and leave the sister safe. Um, but the police did a spray paper to his face. And uh, unfortunately, you know, he couldn't even see, he couldn't walk. And she was really stressed and scared what happened to his brother and what happened to her. And they pushed her and dragged him on the floor to put her in the van to take her to the police station. And uh, after that, what we don't know what happened to her, but after a few hours in the police station, her, she got a brain tremor and then collapsed and dead. And, uh, but the police say just, you know, nothing we did to her, but that was wrong and they lied to people. And that's why people got angry, I just say, because she didn't have a bad hijab. She just, you know, had a little bit of hair out. And I don't mm-hmm. think so. You deserve to die if you a little bit your hair out. And um, I don't know what they did to her. I have a feeling they traumatized her mentally mm-hmm. and physically bashed her what majority of the population thinks that way. And that's why, like, it's not the only once happened. Mahsa Amini just was the, one of the, you know, big things pop out and then people start getting angry because it happens to many other women in the past and but wasn't that harsh. And the people so angry and frustrated of the situation of Iran. That's why, like, they show their anger going out, doing protests, not doing the, like, very bad protests, but the government easily shooting them, bashing them and killing them and take them to the jail. And uh, it, it, it is a very hard situation in Iran. And uh, hopefully this regime goes away one day soon and the women, Iranian people, especially women, get freedom. Mm. Like, as a person, if my government was in that condition, like, wasn't in the power, I was happy to live in Iran, but they are really dictator, and then they just, once you live in their way, they mm. doesn't understand any democracy or anything you say for the human right. They really don't understand that, and they doesn't believe that. They believe just being them in the power doesn't matter how much community going to pay for it does the government control only just women or all the citizens men as well oh no government controls everybody but the women's is very obvious because the hijabs and then you know the view of the city like the citizen people going out the hijab is just you know it's very obvious that's why it's mainly like talking about the women's of course the men's in in the bad timing too in the iran because government give them hard time to everybody like we have no democracy in our country like if someone comes talk about something that little bit government unhappy about it straight away jail kill them or like put them in the jail for a long time and having a bad reputation as a citizen person or like this person against the government and rest of the life you know it will be suffer and then chasing because of that 
I I also believe that Iran practice stoning as well. Yeah, like you you stone a person to death if you have um, adultery. You, um, okay. Um, it's like you when you oh, got yeah, caught. Yeah, this is about um, like the women's. If like the, I tell you something about um, Iran. Mm. Um, if the women do a little bit mistakes, you know, it, this is not is anywhere in the world is a bad thing, but uh, it's not the women deserve to die like that. They put a stove in their head mm. and then they kill them because she che- cheated on the husband, mm. you know. Or sometimes they really don't like this woman or she's, you know, a politician, you know, against the government. They make an excuse, making a story that the woman did that and oh. then they killed the woman like that. Stoning. Yeah, stoning to put a bad name on it. But it's quite, you know, obvious. Not always happening, but this is happening in Iran sometimes, you know, they're stoning the women. You know, it is it, it, just, you know, hard for every single woman to live in Iran as a woman. I was alongside you uh, at the protest the other day. Um, I really wanted to be there uh, for you and for your community because I, I'm not that kind of person who will go just for a protest. I do my research first and I also asked you some questions about what happened in jail and you told me that you've been caught in jail before. For uh, Is it because of not wearing hijab as well? Yeah. yeah, so you weren't wearing hijab and you were put in jail and I want um, you to tell the listeners of how you've been treated in jail when that happened to you. Actually, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, when they catch mass on me, because I used to live in capital city and I'm born in the capital city, so in the Iran, there is one special and huge police station um, area that is a special for hijab and any woman, you know, commit the crime as a hijab, yeah. that is really commit the crime if you don't wear a hijab properly, not wearing a hijab, just a little bit have he or hijab has problem. They catch the woman and take the there. And where they, they put the masa amini, they put me in as well. Many, yeah, many times in back then because it's only for hijabs, that area. And they take every single woman who has a hijab problem. They take it there. And then, yeah, I've been, uh, been in that situation quite a few times. But the last time was really harsh. They catch me. They bash me very you know, hard on the street, but at least four people was there. I think it was six people in the same time. But when you go to the police station, they humanate you very bad. And then they mentally, it's like they say, for example, I was a transgender woman. I did have a hijab, but my hijab wasn't perfect enough as they want. So they catch me there after bashing me. That was a like, kind of punishment for them. And then they said, we put you in the male jail, you know, they will rape you every day. You know, they was humanating you like yeah, that yeah. to give you a hard time, like traumatize you in the brain and to make you scared. And then they put me in a little jail. It wasn't a jail. It was in the police station room. Cell. Yeah, like in the cell. Yeah, yeah in the one, like a room. Like I was three days and three nights. There is no lights. You know, I was there by myself, left it alone. Just I didn't know how many days I was there. Mm-hmm. You know, just they was giving a little piece of bread and a little jam. That oh. was my dinner, lunch and, you know, breakfast. And uh, I had to give so much, you know, fines, you know, after being bashed, after being humiliated. 
mentally and traumatized, and I had to call to my family come to take me out from there. It was a very hard time, and uh, I'm pretty sure every single woman who went there had this bad experience, especially like when they humanity mentally traumatize you. You know, Iran used to be a very peaceful, beautiful, inspiring country. So, do do you uh, remember those times? And uh, maybe your your parents remember those times? Actually, I didn't born that time when the revolution happened. It was seventy nine, nineteen seventy nine. So my mom clearly remind remember that timing she was having a freedom as a woman never worried about hijab never worried about like when she want to speak about something you know and uh, my mom always talk about these stories and say how great was iran before but now unfortunately everything is gone you know and it's very sad it's very sad because you know i'm not against in religion they just abusing religion mm-hmm. to controlling our population and citizen people in iran you know to just want to be in the power mm-hmm. and uh, only the population paying for it mm-hmm. and corrupted governments always there at the moment hopefully this government will change one day soon Yeah, hopefully, I think hopefully the protests all over the world would threaten your country and would change the government, and hopefully we can get back to before the revolution because, like I said, Iran used to be an inspiring, peaceful country, beautiful country, and women was are uh, free to uh, express uh, themselves, how they dress, how they speak, and to live authentically. So let's hope that will happen again. I hope so too. Very soon. Thank you so much, Marissa, for coming and giving your input to what's happening in Iran. And um, do you have any last anything last to say? I hope everybody in Iran be safe. You know, because I know everybody having a, such a hard time in Iran, especially who doing the protests because they keep dying by shooting government and police people only because the people doesn't wanna, you know, express themselves. But hopefully things change in Iran soon and then we will be free and then I'm able to go back to see my family, my beautiful country and my beautiful like community. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. No worries. Thank you, Marsa. There is a very close friend of mine here. Um, let me just tell you about Marsa. Marsa Ismaili is a proud transgender woman of color from Iran, a refugee who came to Australia on a boat seeking a better life for herself. Marsa have had her fair share, like she explained herself, of being abused by the police in Iran due to not wearing her hijab in the way they wanted her to. That is just disgusting. I mean, like, you know, sometimes this is all about power right yes because you know when you talk about religions you know now i'm not talking about just one religion because there's many other religions they're using 
God, you know, to mm. punish people, to control people, it's to use it case. as a weapon. Why, if you if you are a religious person, why why are you hating people? Yes, I know. So much hate in that religion. Yeah, I mean, like it would be a second story if we want to talk about the police, the abuse, the religion, especially in Malaysia, a very uh, strict Muslim country. And I think that would be another episode for me and Lily to talk about when we had our fair share of being abused by the police. It, for me in Singapore and Lily in Malaysia. So that will be the next episode. So anyways, Lily, thank you so much for being here at Querying the Air. We love your stories. Pretty sure we have more to talk about. But you know, I only have one hour slot. Um, but yeah, is there a, what's the future of Lily Chang? Um, well, basically, you know, um, other, doing, other than doing uh, my channel. Mm. So I'm going to do continue doing my job as well. So when people talk about your trans you woman, have a lot. You, you have a lot of careers. Job, yeah. yeah. Experience. <laughs> so sometimes, you know, people say that, you know, oh, she's a trans advocate, right? But, you know, I'm also working in the supermarket, mm. uh, in the deli, you know, department, you know, also, you know, a HK worker as well. You so, also have worked in the mining in WA. Yes, that's right. Girl. And such a wonderful experience I have. Yeah. It's a really hard job. But I have a wonderful, 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 wonderful experience because of people that actually helping me, you know, and with me as well. You know what? Very inspiring um, for me uh, with you because you always take risk and um, you never give up. You know, when that mining uh, application got rejected maybe twice and I keep telling you, like, keep applying and show how desperate you are and you did and end up you got away yeah. literally before COVID hit, before the lockdown. Exactly. You, so you got away at the right time. Yeah. So An amazing part thing is that, you know, sometimes when people say that, you know, people who never meet trans people, you know, mm. and they should be afraid of trans people, you know, but when I went to WA in the mining town, you know, I... People just accept me as who I am. Yeah. From my boss to all the people that I'm serving, you know, people are so friendly to me. So, yeah, trans people is not that scary. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand why people are scared of trans people. Like, yeah. we we don't bite. We are just normal people. We just dress better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. We dress better. We dress loud. True. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Lily.